This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, today I'm empathizing a little bit with, uh, you know, one of my idols, Tom Brady. Um, you know, over the past few years, a lot of people have been telling Tom, you're too old, you're too slow, you're a system-type quarterback that gets exposed when forced to ad lib, you know, all those things. And I feel like I've been getting that heat a lot too. But just like me and Tom Brady, I said I was going to set up my boys for a championship. And see, that's what I did. I set my boys up for a championship. So that's what I got to say to all the haters out there. It feels like there's more to the story. There's definitely more to that story. But yeah. <laughs> as always, we also have Trent Fontanella, who's not at the House of Sav. Trent, you're down in New Mexico. I am. I am in the, the desert this week, boys. I am so stoked to be here. It feels like forever since I talked to you guys. Um, there is so much running news to talk about. There was the Kipchoge sub two attempt. There was the Salazar stuff. There was the Chicago Marathon. Um, it was really nice of you guys to put the podcast on hold for a couple of weeks while you waited for me to kind of get back in town. So I'm really excited to run through all the stuff that we missed. <laughs> Listen, Mike, all right. You 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 barely you barely put us in contention against an extremely hey, weak field. If anybody if anybody's Tom Brady on this team, it's me. A wins, a wins, a wins, a win. That's, That's all true. I gotta say. Steve. That's true. That's true. Uh yeah. We uh we ran our half marathon relay this Sunday. We got the W. Not a big great. <laughs> we got the W, we got it done. Mike uh Mike left his 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 uh his breakfast out on the course not once but twice I believe. Yeah, it wasn't great. And you weren't even hungover. No, I wasn't. That's what I was saying. I I've become so accustomed to you know being up till 4 a.m. in New York City before the day of a big race. We we were very responsible the night before. We had one beer just to you know cleanse the palate a little bit. We we took good care of ourselves and uh yeah it still didn't go very well. But hey, a win's a win's a win's a win. So so break down the race a little bit. What I position did Mike hand the, the baton off? I don't want to do that. Nobody showed up. There was a horribly terrible field. If literally anybody of any competitive stature showed up, we wouldn't have won. But we raced the competition that showed up, and we won on that day. You know what? That's what, that's what it's all about. I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to talk to our boy Sam Parsons later on in this in this podcast. And that's what he's all about. He's all about showing up on race day. It's not about your PRs. It's not about the time you're, 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 you know, you get out there. It's all about competing and winning. And that's what we did. That's right. You better believe it. It's a pretty good Patriots parallel as well there with the soft schedule the Pats have had this that's year. Right. And all you can do is beat who's in front of you. I don't want to hear the people. competition you get, yeah. Trent. Don't don't give me crap about who the Patriots had on their schedule. Don't mm-hmm. don't give you boys crap about who was out there. Peak too early just comes to win no matter who's there. That's right. All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into our interview with our guy, Sam Parson, of the Tin Man Elite Training Group. Hey there, Mr. Tin Man. You don't know how lucky you are. All right, so we are here with Tin Man Elite Athlete. He just represented Germany in the 5,000 meter at the World Championships. 
Sam Parsons, welcome to Peak Too Early. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited for it. I feel like so, I should get a beer. I feel out of place here. Oh, you I go grab one. You have crushing. time. You have time. You got some beer in the fridge? <laughs> I've done enough, as as Craig put in his um, in his Instagram the other day, we've done enough toxins for a year. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that for perfect, sure. That is the perfect segue because I was just about to say, you know, when we get to the end of the season, this was kind of something we came up with during cross-country season. Yeah. You know, you do the build-up, then you work your way into taper season, which mm-hmm. goes into championship season, which goes into bender season. And it looked like you had a hell of a bender season. I did. I think I might have outdone my bender after my last um, cross-season at NC State. Um, Ender bender, drinking two weeks straight through final <laughs> season. Um, yeah, I just, like... I just love being in Doha and just like being around the elite athletes was such a cool experience for the first time. And um, Craig and I um, <laughs> planned out a Croatia uh, getaway together. Um, it's very romantic. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we just crashed in a hostel and got very little sleep. And um, it was just a it was just a great time on an island that I uh, spent time on um, after I graduated college. Uh, and I just like fell in love with it. It's like right off of Split, where like a lot of Game of Thrones was filmed. And uh, there's just this like one hostel there called Dink's Place. And just it's like the most fun like you can have in your life, I swear. Like, and we were there during like off season. It's just like everyone there is just there to have a good time. Like, no judgments, just everyone is. And like that's the whole key, right? Is like to like truly enjoy and like have a great time is where there's like you can just truly be like your best self and whatever you want to be and whatever comes out, like whether it's with alcohol or just sober fun, <laughs> dancing, like whatever it is, like it's, it's all fair game on that Island. So, and, and you can just do whatever you want. Like nobody cares. You can, you can go on scooters, you can go rent a boat and they don't like, you don't need a boating license or anything. They're just like, yeah, just go find a beach. So that's what we were doing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm writing uh, it down. We're taking we're taking a team uh, team trip there. That place sounds awesome. He really goes to Croatia. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was I, I felt like I was like living vicariously through you guys on your <laughs> IG story. You guys looked like you were having so much fun. But yeah. I mean, the the stuff that we saw right was the stuff that you were willing to you know put out to the world. What kind of yeah, stuff was happening? What, what was happening behind the scenes? <laughs> uh, just honestly, just like a lot of um, beer consumption, a lot of dancing. <laughs> Um, a lot of striking out, um, um, yeah, um, there, there was like, there was like one moment that was pretty funny. So like Craig, Craig has this thing, um, and like you guys, you guys know Craig, like I know he's been on the pod. Um, he, um, he like hates telling people that he's like a professional runner and like, like, like me, I'm like so new to this game that like. I never have been able to like been in a situation like that. where like, Oh yeah, I'm actually like a professional runner. And we actually just got back from the world championships. Like, like I remember like we were like walking into the hostel and he literally was like, yo, like we're just going to tell people we like work in marketing. All right. Like, I don't want to like, explain this shit. All right. And, um, like kind of like right away we were, um, just pre-gaming for a bar crawl and, uh, which happens every single night at this hostel. And, um, and uh, just like one of one of the girls from like Ireland there was like, oh, so like, what do you guys do? And um, Craig was like, oh, I work in marketing for Nike. And I was like, oh, I work in 
marketing for Adidas. And like, as I said, <laughs> that, I was like, wow, that just sounds like such BS. And like everyone there, um, like at the table also was just like sick. Um, and then the first night we just like rolled with that. And then the second night, one of Craig's like best friends from, from his, um, high school days came through and, uh, he was like, he got, he got really drunk during the day and decided, I did, um, and we were doing the whole thing, like having dinner and like pregame before this bar crawl again for the second or third night in a row. Um, and uh, people in the hostel, you come in and out, you know what I mean? Like always. So same thing happened. Like some, like someone asked like, oh, so what do you guys do? And um, Craig's like, oh, like I work in marketing. Um, and then immediately uh, Ryan, Ryan, Craig's friend, he's like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> You're a runner, bro. He's like U.S. champion, and this dude's the German champion. And then the hostel was just like, holy shit. Like, and then all of a sudden, like, it just, like, became, like, this, like, celebration, you know, for, like, finishing off our season and everything together. So that was, that was special. So I'm never not telling people. I'm just not going to – I'm just going to be totally um, like, just, yeah. of having to explain that, to explain, like, no, yeah, so they, they actually pay me. Like, <laughs> I feel like you explain all that to people, but yeah. I feel like you could have you could have skipped that whole thing and come up with something a little more exciting than I work in marketing for Nike or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm an yeah. undercover, you know, government agent or something. I don't know. <laughs> all right, well, we, we got to get into it. How, how, because you, cause you're talking about hanging out with Craig, how did you end up cutting off his mullet? How did that come up? <laughs> So like, so like as much as Craig, um, like the image and everyone loves like, oh, the mullet guy and everything like that. Um, he actually like, doesn't like the mullet like year round. Like he thinks he looks really stupid and like in like just regular public, like, yeah, it looks great on the TV screen, but like going out to the bars and stuff, you're immediately like stereotyped and people think you look silly and stuff. So like, it's not that he's like insecure about it by any means. Like he's the last person to be insecure about anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just was obviously upset with his final like he really wanted to medal and like do something amazing and I think that's coming in his career um but just experiencing that and the emotions and the stress and like there's so much else that goes on with that with like racing at that stage that like people don't see you know it's not like you like warm up and go to the the starting line like 10 minutes beforehand and you're like can do whatever you want it's like no you're like waiting in a call room for like 40 minutes for your race like no strides or anything you know so it's like um and you're just like sitting there with everyone just like staring at each other you know what i mean uh and that can be like quite an experience for people that haven't done it before and uh for craig uh yeah after his race he was just upset and um we like just as as a part of the course we just started drinking and he was like dude let's cut this shit off man <laughs> like this, with, with this on right now so i was like all right and i just went down to the the physio, the German physio room and stole some scissors. And yeah, that was nice. That was, that was love, it. <laughs> love it. So you gave us kind of Craig's emotions, but tell me about yours. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to cut off like a famous <laughs> mullet like that. So, so like to be perfectly honest, there was like um, a bunch of like the German distance girls with us also in the hotel room. Um, and like, I just did like the showmanship, like cutting off like the bulk, like I got all the glory for it, but like, um, one of like the German 1500 meter girls, um, shout out Katrina Granz. I love you. Um, uh, she like, she's the one who actually like, cut it and like cleaned up everything up and made it like look presentable. So <laughs> yeah, there was no pressure for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about how like, you know, Craig, 
maybe the like the image of his mullet he liked and you know all that stuff but the attention of it maybe didn't always love so something that's always interesting to me and and you brought it up we first contacted you and, and you were like yeah man I, i'd love to come on but uh just don't ask me how you know about my start about running and it took you know <laughs> every every piece of me not to start this interview with yeah. with that question <laughs> but yeah, <I> <laughs> no but like no i feel like there's you know and, and i think we're uh, guilty of it sometimes too because sometimes that's what people want to want to hear about right is like the popular stories that one or two things that makes you a, a you know a, a a different story than the next runner you know when we had craig on we of course we talked about his his model but did, does it get frustrating for you when like people are asking the same damn question over and over <laughs> and over again like is that annoying um it was you know it was funny that like um like read um one of my roommates uh like i listened to like one like his like third or fourth podcast and i just like couldn't get through it i was like jesus dude like i get it tim manolita is sweet like <laughs> think differently like uh i get it you were you sucked in high school you know what i mean and now you're running professionally like sweet um but um yeah i mean it's just just i think i think people want to hear like different stuff and they want to like figure out like who the person behind the time on the clock is. And um, I think a lot of the time we find ourselves like telling the same stories um, sometimes and like, uh, you know, like creating the platform that we did like with a website with like Tim Talks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's like giving ourselves our own voice that we can just talk about like whatever we want and like rant about whatever we want. Um, and that's like a big reason I wanted to do this podcast with you guys just because I thought we were gonna, um, yeah, just like we did for the first 10 minutes here now, we're just talking about like stuff we do i mean that's the stuff people want to know right you know yeah, like it's, it's exactly. like people want to like know like i said the person behind the time um much more than like i mean i'm sure there's people out there that would love to know like every workout i did before world championships and stuff and everything like that and how yeah i was five foot nothing my freshman year of high school you know just like with the all right all right no this is not yeah uh... <laughs> yeah i hate to break it to you sam i don't care about what workouts <laughs> 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 So what do you do? Like, what, what, what do you want people to know about you? What do you do uh, other than running? What would you consider your hobbies to be other than uh, other than the sport and traveling to the world and the yeah, exotic yeah. places like Croatia? Yeah, um, you know, like, I truly do, like, deep in my heart, like, want to make the sport better. You know, like, it's such a, like, deeply ingrained in my DNA. And, like, I always thought um, that I was going to be able to do that with, like, creating product is, like, making something as far as, like, like, I always wanted to go work at, like, Nike or Adidas, um, uh, no, just kidding, just Adidas always, um, <laughs> just, um, like, may, like, like, make a shoe that, like, a kid puts on, and they're, like, holy shit, I'm flying, you know what I mean, or, like, makes them want to get out the door, that was, like, originally my dream, and then all of a sudden, um, just getting a little bit quicker year after year, um, and that kind of just, that call to come back to the sport kept coming back to me, um, so I do like to consider myself a creative. Um, I like work on all the Tin Man stuff, like all the product you see, you know, those are like designs that I've worked on, like color schemes that I've come up with. Um, obviously working with the guys on the team and like getting their consult, like consultation and all that stuff. But that's like my full-time job um, is like working on that stuff on like the creative direction behind the team. And that's really cool that Adidas um, gives me the reins to that and that it's something that we all built. So outside of being like a creator, um, a creative and like building and designing and doing things like that. Um, I do love, um, adventuring and getting out of like my comfort zone. 
whether that's like with people or that's, um, you know, climbing something that, you know, might be a little bit outside of my comfort zone or jumping off a cliff or, you know, doing whatever, you know, like going, traveling by myself, leaving my tent, like whatever that may be. So, um, yeah, stuff like that, I guess, is how I want people to know me is like I have this um, I don't want to call it corny just because uh, it like drives me a lot in running. It's like, and I say it all the time on my Instagram, like embrace the fight, you know? Um, but like the flip to that is embrace the life, you know? And um, yeah, I just want people to know that like when I was in it and I could do it, like I was pouring as much love and passion in like whatever I was doing it. And hopefully I was guiding the sport in some way in a better direction more than just putting a time on the clock. And yeah. For sure, man. I will say, I will say the, uh, the Tin Man Elite gear, the logo and everything is some of the coolest stuff yeah. in the sport. Yeah. I think, I think that is just, you guys are doing an awesome job with that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I worked with an artist, um, here in Boulder, Bobby Peavy, who was like a good friend of mine. It's so like, come up with that logo. Um, and it was just cool to like do something like by hand locally, um, that I got to like really work with him on like every single piece of that logo and everything that we'll ever do has so much like meaning and a story behind it, you know? And that's just like from when I used to work at Adidas, um, in sports marketing, just like, um, and like the design classes and the dance classes or whatever, those classes I took in college, like all of that gets poured into this now. Um, like creatively and it it gets, you know, it gets me going. Like I get, I I truly do get just as much fulfillment as like, like I'm really hyped right now. Um, with like, we're dropping our gold collection tomorrow. Um, and I'm so excited just to get it out there and have people wearing, you know, because like whenever we get tagged or someone like tags me in a post and they're wearing Tim and stuff, you know what I mean? Like that brings me just as much happiness. I swear to God as like a PR does. Like, yeah, truly, like I get so hyped on that, knowing that someone's out there like repping something that I had a had a part of, you know, that I like got to create, you know. I think that's like the coolest thing. That's awesome. <clears throat> There's a uh, awesome picture on your Instagram, Sam, with a uh, you guys like getting Slurpees after a long run, and somebody yeah. just has like permanent <laughs> marker like written on their shirt and it says like Tin Man Athlete or something like that. Is that gonna yeah. be released in the gold collection? You know, you know, our first ever, you know, our first ever shirts, um, were, um, just Sharpied on like at club cross. Um, it wasn't like, yeah, two years ago, like all this has happened so, so quickly. Um, yeah, we literally Sharpied on our own shirts. We wrote tin man in like big Sharpie writing, like on Hanes t-shirts. And like, that was the start like that, like that was the start, you know, like we didn't have any funding. We didn't have any sponsorship. Like that's just now starting just now, you know? Like it might all look all glamorous on the outside, but we were doing everything by ourselves, hustling for it all. Um, so like, we definitely want to do like a homage, homage tea at some point where it's just, just like reminiscent, just like writing, you know, just like Sharpie writing on a shirt, just like, just raw. And I think, I think all of us, like anyone who's ever been in the sport likes to consider themselves like blue collar. Like just, I just get out the door and just do it myself. You know what I mean? Type of attitude. And like, I think those shirts will like embody that pretty well. And like, we have kids, like one of the coolest things, um, like stuff I get tagged in is like kids, um, even adults, you know what I mean? Um, even like a girl, um, like brought, like sketching their own tin man shirt just cause they like mm. missed, missed oh, it yeah. up or something like that. And that's like, so, so fucking rad to see. 
We can definitely relate because uh, when we first launched our podcast, we were the three of us were running Boston Marathon and we wanted to kind of yeah. like, you know, kind of use it as a little bit of a marketing <laughs> push. We were kind of like handing out cards while we were running and we wanted to make sure we had <laughs> shirts. And so the night before we had shirts and we were ironing on letters, you know, peak too early uh, podcast. That's, awesome. like falling off and relate to that. that's so funny. That made me laugh so much right when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a. Uh... It was like seven o'clock in the night before the race or something, and here I are ironing it on, realizing we're misspelling stuff, having to redo it. And they were complete one-time shirts, right? As soon as you like tried to wash it, the letter just came right off. It was great. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. So here, here's a Tim Man question for you. So uh-huh. every team I've ever been a part of, especially like you know running in college and stuff like that, you know, a big part of the culture is busting each other's balls, right? Like getting on each other, right? Yeah. You know, my boys, whatever. I'm short. They'll get on me for that. I'm balding <laughs> way too early in my life. Whatever. They'll get on me for that. What? What is it that they're getting on you for? Like, what are they busting your balls for? Um. Oh man. Um. <laughs> maybe maybe Drew can answer this. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's let's get a little guest appearance. What do you guys bust bust my balls for the most on the team? Uh, that he doesn't drink any water. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't drink any water. Um, yeah, you should probably do that. That's yeah, good. it's bad. It's really stupid. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I, I think it's just situational for the yeah. most part. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we, have some, we have some good ones on other. We have guys, some like, good banter though. Yeah, there's like, like, um, yeah, there's a lot of guys on the team that we like really get a hard give a hard time for sure um, that's the best part of being on a team i think i think i think that like just just because like i'm one of the older guys now and it's something that i started you know like i don't get as much shit as other guys um i wish i had something better for you all right well do you want me to bust your balls real quick yeah do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right all right, here, here, here's a question that uh, only three people listening to this podcast are gonna understand but i'm gonna go for it anyways in like the early 2000s when E-Bombs World was a uh, was still was still a thing. Do you remember E-Bombs World? It was like yeah. right when like uh, viral videos were starting to were starting to get hit. Right. Yeah, there yeah, was, yeah. There was there was this viral video uh, where this like dude was in his bedroom singing this made up song, this Aisha song. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? Oh my God. No. All right. Well, I want, I'm I'm gonna send you a link when you're done. You look like if that dude. Uh, like grew up to be like a cool professional <laughs> runner. Sick. Yeah. This is a deep, deep cut road. That's a deep that is cut a right very there. deep cut, Mike. Oh my god. Steve, what do you think? What do you think? I'm probably am one of the I, three people in the entire world that something? will get that reference. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now that we've. <laughs> there, there's a question you haven't got before. We can guarantee you that one. <laughs> no, I've got that one. Yeah. Mike. Right. Mike warned us before. He goes, I have this question. It's probably not going to hit. I'm not sure it hit. I'm not sure. It <laughs> There's going to be somebody out there who finds that joke real funny. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so you, you talked a little bit about, you know, what you're doing on with the platform of, uh, of Tin Man. And you're talking about the, the Tin Talk. And you just released a, a blog post that was was awesome. And it was all about your... Um, your, your race in 2016 at the Wisconsin Invitational and how it was kind of like the first time you you really put yourself out there and you kind of, you know, you said you got baptized by fire. You put yourself, you know, into the fire and you kind of went all out. You took a lead in that race. You took a risk 
um, you know, it, it, it didn't, you didn't get quite the result you wanted, but it kind of, it gave you that kind of um, self-confidence that you needed, that self-belief that you needed. And yeah. I think, you know, this is probably going to be the nerdiest running talk that we do the entire podcast, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, who are in the sport, it's very easy to kind of put yourself out there and kind of be too aggressive. How do you find that very thin line between self-belief and kind of delusion? You know what I mean? How do you how do you kind of put yourself in the place where you're over you're you're extending yourself, but you're not overextending yourself? Right. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so so like we've all done the like the glorious prefontaine run out the first 400 meters, right? You know what I mean? At right. some point, whether it was like our freshman year to get that glorious picture in cross country, you know what I mean? Um, and, um, yeah, to answer your question, I guess, I guess it's all about, um, so, so coach Schwartz tells us something before our races quite a bit where it's like, um, like, 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 like lean into your confidence. You know what I mean? Um, like don't, don't shy away when you're feeling good. Um, it's something he always tells us, you know? Um, and like the way we train, um, like I typically do have like the strength, especially in like a 1500 or a mile or something where I like, I feel good and I don't want to wait. Um, so like, that's kind of like a lot of the reason why I've like pushed races, like a fifth Ave or like, like 1500s that I've raced in this year. Um, and like I said, in that article, it's like, um, it's crazy how like those races, you know, like, um, yeah, like I get, like I get a ton of shit, you know what I mean? All the time being like, Oh, like that kid's just doing that for like, the glory for like the pretty Instagram photo, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. But like, like I said in that article, man, like when I can like do that race and I can like go, go back, um, and see like, man, I was right there with like Nick Willis and Chris O'Hare and stuff. So like, like I, like I push them, you know what I mean? Like the next time I get on that starting line, I, I believe I'm meant to be there. And that's just my coping mechanism is being, making sure that I push as hard as I can that day and not leaving it to 300 or 400 to go and hoping that I feel good and have the wheels. There's definitely times in my career. And I think that's what I've been doing is I've been building up. I really need to prove that I can run professionally I, to myself. Um, mm-hmm. I really need to prove to myself that is it super intimidating? I mean, I know like everyone has done it at some point, whether they've gone to like States or regionals or conference or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you look at the start list and you're like, Oh shit, I'm going to like, I'm going to get destroyed. You know, (laughs) all of these guys are better than me all of a sudden. It's like every race I've ever been in, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but that like, that's the feeling for a lot of people, especially their first years running professionally. And my coping mechanism was just basically, I'm going to show them that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared of anyone, you know? And, uh, by doing that, I always tried to like, uh, make sure that when I did make a move that I could actually, that I could actually, it was like respect, like respectable, you know, it wasn't like I died and blew up and didn't run well. Almost every time that I've made a move like that and gotten caught or hawked down, um, I've, I've like typically ran a PR, but people don't see that, you know, people don't see PR behind that. They just see the, Oh, he was such an idiot. He could have won that race if he would have ran it more tactically. But in reality, man, it's, they didn't understand that I was running as hard as I could and giving everything I could to get that PR. And that was just the way to do it that day. And later on in my professional running career, when all of a sudden I'm the one that's, you know, dictating races and there's younger guys 
shooting off to try to break me. I'm, yeah, looking forward to those days too. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I want to I want to dive into Fifth Avenue Mile real quick. So the 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 podcasters here, we we made a trip to New York City to just like enjoy the nightlife, and then we went out, we watched, we all ran the Fifth Avenue Mile. So oh, you awesome. know, we had we had fun in our slow yeah, we heats. We together and, at Boston and Fifth Avenue. We never met each other. I know it's it's this is you know a long time coming here, but. <laughs> I just want to say, if anybody gave you shit for your performances <laughs> at Fifth Avenue Mile, they suck. Because hey, that was when I became a Sam Parsons fan right there. Was you, watching man. you, and I know you had done before, watch you going out of the gate like that. And then we're watching it. So we're kind of probably at the 1,200 meter mark like after the hill. But we yeah. have the live you know, coverage on the phone. And we see you just kind of give like the camera the point right there, and you knew you had yep. collected that like bag of cash, and it was dude, so dude, freaking awesome. Boring, bro. Running's too boring already. Like, That's right. It kills me to watch races where people just like sit there and they're in such good shape. You know what I mean? They're like they've been training so hard, and they just like sit around waiting for them to just burst out. You know, because that's the smart thing to do. But man, when especially these early years. Um, I remember, I remember tell, telling, so, so there's a few stories that go along with the, with those races. Like one of them is, um, I remember telling Reed, Reed's like, dude, so like, what's the plan? Literally right before I was walking out the door. And I remember just telling him like, dude, if you think I'm getting on NBC and I'm not putting on a show somehow, <laughs> somehow to like make people more entertained, um, you're crazy, you, you know? And uh, like, I remember right after the race when I did that, Reed was like, well, you put you, you got your show, you know? Um, and the other part about that was I had no intention of doing that either year. I like wow. hand to God, I never planned on making those moves either time going into the race. I, I had no idea that that was going to happen, that people were going to let me go like that. I remember talking to Johnny Gregoric, one of the best guys on the running um, scene that I love. One of my best friends, um, friend of the show. Yeah. One of no better person to get dinner with for a race than Johnny Gregoric. I mean, you, I just laughed my ass off the entire time. Um, but um, I remember him telling me, because I'm scared shitless before my first fifth half. I'm thinking, I'm looking at this start list, you know, medalists, every guy in this race has run 355 or faster. And I had just broken four for the first time a week later. And I'm thinking, I'm going to embarrass, I'm going to totally embarrass myself, you know? um on national tv and john and i'm talking to john like yo do you have any like advice for me like how like how does this all work out how does this play out and johnny just goes dude it just feels like you're sprinting the whole time you know so just 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 don't be afraid when it feels like you're sprinting um and i was like all right all right all right like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sprint the whole time uh, and and that and that's what i'm gonna do and um that first 300 meters i just kept sprinting and i kept sprinting and um, I remember there was just no one with me and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is happening right now. And then the second year, everyone talked about it. You know, I, every one of the athletes who I'm all friends with or acquaintances to some degree, they're like, oh, Parsons, you're going to go pull that shit again. And literally to every person, I was like, no, dude, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to do it. Like I'm going to race, you know, I'm going to, you know, give everything I have, but I'm going to try to like place as high as I can. And we got and we got to probably like 400 meters and everyone was just like looking at each other. Um, and I was like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go like this is too boring. Um, and yeah, I just went again. And I thought Chez was going to go with me. I 
I thought no way Chez was not going to go with me. I was like, he's, you know, he's a 349 miler. He's, he can run 155 through the, by the way, the, 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 the splits, the splits are always so off on the YouTube. When, when you go back and watch it, it says like, oh, they went through in like two flat. No, 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 no. It's always way faster in person. Like, <laughs> like when we see those clocks, it says like 150, one, like 155, 154. Jeez. But, but for whatever reason, like on the TV, when they play it back, they're like, the announcers are always like, yeah, well, they're not going that fast. It's like, no, you went out in 54, you know, but I, I guess that's how it plays out. All right, Sam. So I, I know, you know, uh, some of my questions might be questionable at the time, but I'm, I'm going to ask a more professional question this time, I promise. <laughs> so let's go back to the, the Fifth Avenue mile there. So we're there, we're watching the race, and we're kind of like on the, the three quarters of the way through, and we're there with, um, this kid who's a high school runner, we end up getting to talking to him and chatting with him a little bit. And uh, he, out of all like the the big names that were there and the headliners, you were the name that he threw out. He's like, I'm here to watch Sam Parsons. Like that's my dude. Like I love that guy. Like he was a huge huge fan. And awesome. he's a P2E listener now, so I'm sure he's listened to this. But um, when did that hit you? That like that was a that was a thing that you had people who were like yeah. showed showed up to these races to watch you you know what i mean like when did that is that a normal thing yet or like is that still yeah. like holy shit like what like what is going on in my life because i mean sure. that that's crazy that you have these you know, this fan base and people showing up for you you know what i mean yeah i still um i still have and I, and i don't know how many professional like runners on the scene feel this way but i still feel like the you know stupid freshman in college you know yeah. um that I was and it's just like how did this happen I remember literally being on the starting line at Worlds um next to like Henrik and Chalimo and Borrega and, and I was just like what the hell <laughs> like, um you know and like that's still the feeling I get and that might be bad um and and the fans they come along with it also you know um I think when when you know whether it's like a kid or an adult or whoever it is like come up to me and um like show me that love and like show me that vulnerability to actually like say like hey like i think you're super rad you know um like i know i thought dave torrance was the man you know like watching him race and the way he raced shooting out for the lead like gunning for the win with 300 go and holding on for that win um and i never reached out to him and like said yo like you're such an inspiration to me. Um, and I wish I would have, um, like, that's a huge regret of mine. I mean, like I literally had like Instagram stories of him, um, before he died. Um, but I never, um, reached out to him and I wish I would have. So, so when kids do reach out and say something like that, and I always think back to that story and I think it's so cool when people can be vulnerable enough and they don't have to be like machismo and like can show that love. And I do think that's a special thing about running, but to answer your question, um, there there has been some moments where it's like really hit me because you know you go from like these bubbles, right? So so in high school, you know, like your local the guy who owns a running store is like, dude, you're crushing it, you know. Um, to then uh, to college, then there's kind of like the surrounding schools and North Carolina. They're they're like, dude, you're doing great, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's moments where like a kid from, you know. Thailand or Japan reach reach out and they're like, hey, thank you for everything that you've done for me. 
And it's like, what? You know, I just post on Instagram, you know? <laughs> um, and that's super inspiring. And like I told you guys kind of at the start of this podcast, like it is my dream to um, like push and affect this sport in like a real way um, that when all this is said and done and I like hang it up whenever that is, whether it's next year, two years or 10 years from now, I have no idea how long this is going to last and how long the, the heart will be in it. But um, I just, yeah, I really, I really want to leave an impression um, and yeah, make a difference because I know that um, I have the voice to do it, if that makes sense. Um, I know that there's something in my heart and there's, um, I want to speak and I want to tell people my story and I want to inspire them. And, um, man, there was one moment I'll share was with, um, after Oxy this year and we kind of captured it, um, on our YouTube channel. And like, uh, I think it was like episode three or four of insights in man elite. Um, and we finished this race or sorry, no, we're warming up for this race. And there's all these, you know, there's probably like 20, 20 or 30 kids outside of the state. They weren't even watching the races, yo. Like they were outside of the stadium trying to figure out if we were warming up and if they were going to see us through our striders and stuff outside of the stadium. Um, and they found us and they like had these printout posters that they had made themselves of just pictures from, yeah, our Instagram or off the website or wherever, you know, that they printed out because they wanted to hang them on their walls. Um, and you know, we were, we were, we were signing them quickly. We were like, Hey guys, we got to go race. And then after the race, and I told them like, Hey, if you guys wait, um, like we'll, we'll like kick it after the race, you know? And, um, they didn't even get in the stadium. You know what I mean? Like they didn't want to pay the $10 or whatever to get into the race. They just watched from the fences. And then when they got, and then after the race, we like right after the race, we cooled down and we like ran outside, outside the stadium. And they were all waiting there. And there was like even more there all of a sudden. Um, and, and they just went nuts, you know, and like right away, right away, I just realized like, wait, we got, we got to like do something, you know, we got to do something. <laughs> and we, and we just started like taking our shirts, our backpacks, just like anything we had of like Tin Man, anything. Um, we just like, we just like threw out to, to these kids until we literally had like nothing. Um, and like seeing their faces light up and them like grabbing a hat or like a singlet or something. And like the way they would look at their teammates, like, dude, are you kidding me? You know, it was just, it was like, that was a moment for me where I was like, holy shit, you know, like yeah. I need to do something with this platform now that I have it. And and you've done like a really, I think you're pretty unique in, in your teammates of putting yourself out there and just kind of like writing things and putting blog posts out there. And you put one out there that I, I love. Steve sent it to us before uh, mm -hmm. the interview. It was a letter you wrote to your teammates when you graduated. And there yeah. was a, a quote in there that I just like absolutely loved. It was, mm -hmm. use running for an outlet um, to happiness. Don't let this sport control your happiness. I yeah. wanted to send that to like 30 people in my life. Like we <laughs> all know so many runners that like, it just, you know, and that's probably the reason we're doing this pod uh, is like capturing the so fun tough. of it. And uh, that, no, I just wanted, that was, that was so perfect. And, and yeah. like, do you remember writing that letter and like what was going through your head at the time? Yeah, I was super, dude, I was super emotional when I wrote that letter, you know, um, it was, you know, it was on the cusp of, as, as many runners do, um, they have that moment where they realize that, you know, that was it, you know, um, that they're never going to have that same relationship with their teammates, that daily meeting, um, ever again, you know, and that's what was going through my head when I was thinking about, because I, dude, I never thought I was going to run professionally. No, no way. You know, um, 
I always saw professional running as this really egotistical endeavor where um, it's just these guys who are super talented with their chins up really high who are, you know, just running really fast times and they don't really give a shit about the sport, you know? Um, that's how I always saw professional running. Um, and there's very few people like within professional running that I really looked up to because of that. And that's something that has been the kind of the inspiration behind Tin Man Elite and everything that we've done. But um, is, you know, is to give, um, you know, a kid like I was someone to look at and be like, all right, like I can push harder, you know, I can work harder, I can keep going, you know. Um, but yeah, when I, I wrote that, I was super emotional just because I thought it was the end, you know. And there was a lot of parts there um, within my college experience, as most people's running experiences, where I let running control my happiness um, to the point where, you know, I quit the sport just because I was like, you know, fuck this. Um, I'm, you know, I'm too upset all the time with injury and I'm depressed, you know, and it's not worth it, you know. Um, and that's kind of where the the running being an outlet, you know, it needs to be an outlet for it. It can't, you know, it cannot be the driver of it. And that's such an important distinction where um, people, you know, people get lost in the sauce so easy. Um, <laughs> and like taking take, taking a step back and realizing why you're doing it um, is, is so important. And, you know, for me in college, what, what like drove me through my five years was always the relationships I had with those with those guys and, you know, shooting the shit during, you know, stretching and in the showers and at, at you know, <laughs> staying, staying in dinners, you know, for three hours before it closed up, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Stay, I miss you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Go pack, baby. Go pack, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And it's crazy when you kind of let that happen, you know, when you kind of like let the sport be what it is and you kind of take a step back from those, those PRs and those times and, you know, letting the sport define you, it, it the sport becomes a lot of fun. You know, and it's a powerful sport if you let it do its thing. Yeah, appreciate it the way it's supposed to be appreciated. Um, so, uh, so we don't want to take up your whole night. We know you're a really busy guy. We really appreciate you coming on. But no, we, no. End every, we end every interview with a little game called Down the Home Stretch. Mike, why don't you kick off Down the Home Stretch? All right. So Down the Home Stretch, we're gonna rapid fire questions at you. We're gonna and right. we're gonna end it the same way we started it with bender season right so we're just gonna rapid fire bender season questions at you my boy trent the clock's gonna start on his uh on his question go ahead trent all right here we go if there was a, a drink of choice for this year's bender season what was that drink uh, lasco slovenian lager Ooh. Ooh. delicious <laughs> not really <laughs> where will the next bender season be held um I would love to go to like Thailand after Japan with Craig and a bunch of other idiots. <laughs> and you got Yeah, we'll be yeah, there, dude. <laughs> uh, what, what's your favorite drinking game? Uh, beer Die. Oh, I love that. That, that. that game's done some numbers on me. <laughs> it catches up too quick. All right, what was the latest night out you had in Croatia? Uh, 4 a.m. Yeah, that's reasonable. Who who holds their liquor better, you or Craig? Me, hundred <laughs> percent. Was there ever a point in Bender season where you're like, yeah, I I don't think I'll ever go back to running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it was the first time I forgot about running, you know, and yeah, I, I was so dialed in and like <laughs> that, that baptizing fire article, you know, it's been always just so dialed in to get to that next level, like professional level. And, uh, yeah, during that bender, it was like the first time I was like, no, I'm not going for a run today. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that was good. You know, that was so good. That's what it should be. Yeah. Important. All right, give me uh, give me the one song that was the soundtrack to this Ooh, year's Bender season. Good oh, one. Man, um, what was that song called? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is the most important question of the interview so far. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you just just uh, listening at home, Sam's on his phone, just trying to pull it up. We'll, we'll play a little uh, a section of it. I'm sure on the pod. So this is like a song that we heard in like the weight room. It's called Dance Monkey. Dance Monkey, love it. Um, we we like heard it when we were like lifting um, in St. Moritz before Worlds, and 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 we just like died laughing when we heard it because it's like a pretty it's a pretty weird electro song. And then when we were like really messed up in Croatia, like dancing, it like came on, and like Craig and I were both just like, dude. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, last question, last question. Uh, how did you get into running? Oh, <laughs> Just kidding, don't answer that, don't answer that. Oh, man, Sam. And uh, was really good at it. <laughs> oh, man. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. We're going to be cheering you and the rest of the Tin Man Elite guys on uh, into 2020 and uh, hopefully making another uh, making a run at the Olympics. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate the time, guys. Enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, beers on us at Coogan's next Fifth Avenue Mile. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Uh, so sweet, so beautiful. And every day like a queen on her throne. All right, this interview with Sam Parsons is brought to you by The Feed. The Feed is an online nutrition vendor and the number one resource for athletes. The Feed offers everything you need for training, racing, recovery, sleep, anti-aging, weight loss, and heck, The Feed even carries products that can help cure a hangover, which Sam probably needed during bender season or for a post-race celebration. The feed carries over 200 brands of the best sports nutrition, recovery products, and supplements. Whether you're looking for hydration products, gels, energy bars, foam rollers, CBD products, or quality supplements, the feed carries it all. Brands like Muratin, Goo, Honey Stinger, Cliff Bar, Infinity, RX Bar, Vital Fit, all of your favorite brands are available at the feed. Go to thefeed.com, use promo code P2E15 for 15% off your order. You got to do it now because, listen, folks, the offer is coming off the table November 31. If you use it before then, you'll have it for the rest of the year. You got to use it now. Thefeed.com, go there right now. Um, Guys, we promised the listeners last week we were going to get into the weeds on some cross-country because that's what we've been looking forward to since the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) We are, we're not track guys. We are cross country guys through and through. We just put up with track because we have to. We, we put up with track so we can get to the cross country season, the real sport in our eyes. So we're going to break down a couple of the, two of the, two of the biggest 
races of the uh, of the season leading up to nationals nutty comb invitational in wisconsin which was pre-nationals last year and the ncaa pre-nationals race um they happened on the on the same weekend and both very important to the the uh the power rankings and the and the coaches poll and the standings and so we're gonna we're gonna dive into some of the results here and and you know just kind of talk about what happened and how the rankings changed a little bit Steve, before we even like dive into it, can I ask you a very ignorant question? Why? So you have these the pre nats. You have you know people are going to be racing at the course for nationals. Why aren't all of the best teams in the country going to pre nationals? Why are like it's, it's split that half of them are going to Nuttycomb, half of them are going to pre nationals? Like if if I'm setting my team up to, I want to be seeing the you know the best teams in the country and running the course at nationals going to be on. Why why isn't everyone going to pre nats? I mean, I think there's two things there. I think people like running in Wisconsin. I think people like the Nutty Comb Invitational. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's one. And the other thing is there might be some strategy involved there. Maybe they mm-hmm. don't want to show their cards. Maybe they don't yeah, want to show yeah. how they stack up, and, and they want to save that for, for, for nationals. You know what I, I mean? I think a, a lot of coaches like being totally on the radar um, and not, yeah, like Steve said, showing your cards. I also think there's something to be said about, like, uh, you know, just the, the makeup of your team. And if you don't want them going out, like if you're training through it real hard and you don't want them to go out and maybe like they're not ready to peak and they get their ass kicked or something like that, you don't want to, you know, mess with the psyche of it. So I kind of like that. I kind of like the people that are like, nah, I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. We'll do our own schedule. We'll be ready to, we'll be able to peak, you know, uh, at the right time. At the right <laughs> time. Early. Not peak too early. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I think it's good for us because it doesn't, I mean, I don't want to see, before nationals. I don't want to see all of the elites on the exact same stage, so that we kind of know, you know, on paper what should happen at nationals. But I mean, I think the people who didn't show up to pre nats and aren't getting exposed to the course. I think we all know how important getting exposed to the course is. I think they're at a disadvantage. I think the people who show up to pre nats have a you know a slight advantage now. Yeah. Yes. No. I mean. I mean, these these elite college cross-country courses, I mean, they might as well be glorified tracks with grass. You know what I mean? That's true. It, like, it doesn't matter. It's like small. It's like easy rolling hills, like on grass. There's, there's nothing complicated or difficult. You just follow the golf cart. It's all the same when you That's get to right. it. When you get to it's kind of like that, that mental toughness game of being like, you don't need to go to the course in, in October. We're not going to waste our time like going yeah. out there. You'll just show up the day before, get a warm-up on, and be good to go. Fair enough. So some of the big storylines from from this weekend. If you look at the coaches poll, NAU at the top of the at the top of the coaches poll, the power ranking. Guys, I don't see anybody being able no, to get these though. guys off. I mean, they're looking like they're going to continue their 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 dynasty, their kind of reign of terror at the top of the cross country on both the men's. Oh, they're oh, where are no, they? The women, the women, well. the, the, women the women's are kind of like an up and coming. Because I don't think they've had much success, but I think it's one of those things where I think the men's program has had so much success that now, you know, you get recruits on the women's side as well too. So now they're growing the program. I know, I know, I think they had like a, you know, ten or more spot jump in the coaches' poll this week, and now they're coming on the stage. They're like top ten, top fifteen in the in the country. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where it bleeds over once you start a program starts having success the the whole program starts getting better and better and better i yeah. read something about the coach of nau who coaches both the men's and the women's team he was more pumped up about the women's like strong showing at Nettycomb than he was about the men just absolutely like walloping the field it was such like an expectation that the men would dominate but he was pretty pumped that his women like in a game in six or something like that 
Yeah. Uh, and he was he was psyched up about it. And then number two on the coach's poll on the men's side, BYU with just domination at, at pre-nats. I mean, it was it, it wasn't even close. Yeah, BYU is good. I mean, I think in any other year when you don't have like this dynasty NAU powerhouse, I mean that that's a scary, scary team. That distance program that we kind of start in track. And we talked a lot about in track how they have that like that 10k contingency going where you know they have that powerhouse and i mean it's a good team i think if anybody's going to give nau a run it will be byu but i just don't think they're good enough and for byu on the women's side they're they're number four in the coaches poll the winner in the pre-nationals women's race her name was erica burke from byu is a uh, is a mom so a parent won the college pre-nats this weekend can you freaking believe that? Like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine, you know, <laughs> myself now, let alone like college me freaking like <laughs> yeah, trying right. to balance, you know, more than anything else that I possibly had on my plate of trying to like have fun and, and run and, you know, get passing grades and do all that stuff. Uh, and she's got a kid to worry about. Like, that's insane. I, I can say either from a parent when I was in, in college. <laughs> I well, I'm was, was a parent right now. I was going to say, Trent, I mean, thank the Lord that you weren't a, a parent in, in college. I mean, me and you went to college together. I, I, I saw it all. If you were a parent, it would, uh, that, that child would not have a great upbringing. <laughs> I would need just like the perfect mom in order to take care of that. Uh, or that'd be one I just drop off at my grandparents, like, you know, oh, no. doorstep. But. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right moving on. on. <laughs> moving on. Number three on the men's side, my team, Colorado Buffalo, with a strong showing, our guy John Dressel, with an eighth-place finish at pre-nats. Just a, a very, very strong showing for the Buffalo this weekend. And number five on the men's side, on the women's side as well, sorry. So number five on the women's side, they are also my team on the women's side. So, guys, I'm looking pretty good right now. Steve, I hate that you took that garbage Pacific Northwest team and you took them on both sides. I mean, this, this you know, Colorado has been like the, you know, the distance program forever. It it, it makes sense that Steve would would, you know, just go with the, you know, most popular distance program over the last like 10, 15 years. Classic Steve. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite football team, Mike? The New England Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well just go with the, you know, the number one. Yeah. I was born there. That's two decades. <laughs> no, but Colorado, I think they had like at the uh, pre-nets, they had like three of the top 10 or three of the top 11. Uh, we knew about their one, two punch, but they have that third guy there. I forget his name, but he was right behind them. So he's a, that team, he's a freshman. Good I think he's a, he's a freshman. freshman. Oh, geez. Yeah. Let me see. What's his name? Um, yes, yeah, so we got Dressel, Klecker, and Harrison. Yeah, so that's a freshman with a 23-37. Holy shit. Well, and, th and that's something that Dressel kind of talks about when we interviewed him was, you know, you know, you see the polls and you see these races and stuff like that. And you can, you know, try to figure out who's going to be where. But there's certain things you can't account for. And a true freshman being right up there with those two guys. I mean, in the polls and stuff like that, you couldn't account for that until now. That's and who knows what that kid's capable of now. This weekend is so exciting in that 
all these polls actually kind of mean something now. You hear a lot of talk in other sports, college football, I feel like is the really the headlining sport with this, where they're like, oh, the, the preseason polls are just completely useless. I'd argue it's even more useless in running, right? Because, you know, one guy can have such an impact on your team that kind of comes in or has a big summer or something shows up. So um, this weekend's kind of fun where you actually get to see where teams are. Uh, teams are and, and how good northern arizona is and how the men's side doesn't really matter um but it's it's fun to see you know where everybody's at probably the biggest storyline on the men's side would be tulsa showing up in a huge huge way finishing in third place at nutty comb so they went from in the coaches poll they went from 28th to sixth place with their third place finish. Um, just a just a really impressive finish behind NAU and Stanford. Um, yeah, this is looking forward to seeing what these guys do uh, throughout the rest of the season. How how fun do you think it was for those Tulsa guys? Because I mean, when you like show up to camp and stuff like that, and this polls start coming up, and they were you know barely making the top thirty in the country, but they knew what they had, right? Like they knew that the the bullets that they had in the gun. And how fun do you think it must have been for them to be like leading up to this weekend, knowing what would, they were about to throw down on the cross country worlds, but nobody else knew. I mean, they mm. shot up, like you said, like 22 spots in the rankings. Nobody knew it was about to come, but they obviously did. It must have been, uh, you know, pretty exhilarating to, to hop on the line that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Portland on the men's side, Trent's team, mm. Portland down. Mm. Wow. Stinks mm. down to 12. Boys, it's early. Everything I said about this weekend being important is, is so not true. Uh, the Portland boys are training. <laughs> they they all had, you know, highs in their weekly mileage. They had a big workout the day before the race. I'm making all this shit up. Um, but that's what I'll assume is the case, and they'll be fine come championship season. Steve, I noticed that you skipped over talking about my boys from Iowa State and Edwin Kurgit, who's the number one runner in the country. And, uh, you know, right on the heels of Colorado, honestly. Yeah, yeah, they're they're there. That that guy Edwin Kurgit is uh, he's is gonna win. He's real, gonna be the champion. Is the real deal. And in second place at Nuttycomb on the men's side, we got to talk about our boy Ollie Hoare having mm-hmm. an it's- unbelievable showing on his home turf in Wisconsin. Because of his performance, he bumped his uh, his Wisconsin Badgers up from nineteen to fourteen in the coaches' poll. Ollie, like we. Yeah, we knew he was a good cross-country runner, but he's really a track guy. He's a 1,500-meter guy. He is running his ass off this season. Like, he's making a statement that he's one of the top cross-country guys in the country right now. Very impressed with Ollie Hoare. Dude, there's something special about running on that home field, too. You know, a guy like Ollie got super just, like, stoked up to get out there, try and defend his turf. Um, that, that's the best when you have just, like, a huge invite just in your backyard like that. This this bodes really well for our guy, Ollie, because, I mean, like you said, Mike, he's you know, he's probably more naturally comfortable on the track. He's he's a he's a track guy. But to show this type of strength and to come out here and have a huge race in an 8K and in cross country, uh, I, I think he's in for a massive senior year. That also is like the best sign, I feel like, for his track career, too, moving forward. When you're just that badass enough where he's not going to put the label track runner on himself, he's like, I'm just going to go out and beat anybody at whatever event they throw at me. I feel like that's like the best sign that you could ask for for him leading into indoor and outdoor track. Yeah, yep, for sure. Um, with strength comes speed, for sure. Mm. Um, a couple other couple other notable, um, notable finishes in the coaches poll this week. We got... Uh, Oregon and Boise State look like they're on the rise, and 
NC State and Syracuse on the men's side look like they are falling a little bit in the in the coaches poll. So, like I said, this doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, we still this is we still got nationals. We still have the championship season to come, but it's a strong indicator of where we're going to be in a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Trent was alluding to earlier, I think all the coaches polls up until this point were speculation, but if I mean, if your top guys aren't getting on the line at this point, we don't know have an idea of where you're at, then you're in trouble. Yeah. It's kind of incredible uh, how big a drop you can have from one weekend, right? You know, one bad race or one thing where you guys aren't like racing all out and the media doesn't know that. You get a team like Syracuse dropping 16 spots and Oklahoma State and NC State dropping 13 spots. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how teams like that rebound or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And quickly, before we wrap up uh, our, our cross-country analysis on the team side, um, just kind of wanted to quickly recap uh, some of the, the coaches' poll standing on the women's side. Kansas up to up to number one. Then we got Stanford. Then we got uh, UW. It was our Kansas. Our, our, our Kansas. That, that's, that, that's on me. That's on me. I, I thought you Shit. understood that. <laughs> that you understood what I was saying. I should have known better. <laughs> I should have. Arkansas, sorry, can't, sorry. I mean, I, I mean, I did, I did it on, I did it on purpose. I didn't, I didn't think that it was our Kansas. So hold on, Arkansas. Hold, hold on. When you're reading off, when you're reading off the coach, I thought you knew what I was talking about. Is when I don't you know say if this is our Kansas, our Kansas. I feel like people say that sometimes. Yeah, it's nobody like, says that. Like saying literally, bagel, bagel. Literally, literally, <laughs> nobody says that. Our Kansas. Come on, people say that. No, people like, you, didn't, you didn't have any questions about me, like why I said our Kansas. You think I, I was being like Kansas. our Kansas, like we love I, Kansas. I just See, you Kansas. should know that Kansas is nowhere. Kansas. Yeah, and did, and did you really think that Kansas KU was any good at I mean, women's I was, cross country? I wanted to talk about it. I was like, wow, it, I must have missed them <laughs> in the results. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, it's Arkansas. Yeah, it, okay. Arkansas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Um, Arkansas, number one, then Stanford, and then we got UW up from eight to three on the women's side. BYU with a, with a strong showing on the women's side. My team, Colorado, on the women's side, number Classic. five. And then we got uh, NC State, number six, Wisconsin, um, number seven. Uh, amazing, amazing race uh, for uh, Alicia um uh, What's her last name? Monson, um, senior from Wisconsin. You know, she's looking like she's making a run at the uh, the top runner in the country this yep. year. It's going to be fun watching her kind of going into nationals. Um, so Wisconsin, number seven. Uh, Trent's team, Michigan, at number eight, followed right behind by Michigan State, Florida State, Florida State, NAU, and then Mike's team at number 12, New Mexico. Yeah, not a great weekend for uh, my girls at New Mexico. We had a uh, my girl Winnie Kaladi finished second at the uh, Nutty Comb. That was a nice performance, but besides that, we dropped from like four to twelve. So, not feeling great. Tough go at it, Mike. Yeah, no, I, uh, my Michigan team. I think they dropped one spot, but uh, I still feel pretty good about them. They had a nice little one-two finish. What was that? Uh, that clip you sent uh, Steve over of the the Michigan girls just just crushing <laughs> the field. Yeah. Did you want to talk went, about that? It's just ab Michigan just absolutely dominating the uh, the open race. Um, but yeah, no, it was hilarious because it looked like Alice Hill 
was in the lead and Emma Sloan was kind of right behind her. And they had a, you know, they had a, a commanding lead on the field. They, they, it looks like they were leading by almost 30 seconds and they were kind of easing in. And listen, like, I get it. Like you want to win, like you, you want to get that, that W and you're, even if it's against your teammate, that's fine. But you, you pick up the pace and you kind of try to cross the line first. This girl, Emma Sloan, just kind of sat right on her heels and then right at the finish line, jumped out of her front, jumped out in front of her and out leaned her at the finish line. It looked like they were finishing a hundred meter dash, just kind of leaning for the tape. It's like, <laughs> what, what are we doing? Here? Like, why are you doing that to your teammate? I yeah, and I just cut the whole discussion that we just had out of the podcast. But I think it's worth noting that we were like looking for them in the like varsity race, trying to like make sure that we had our facts right. I mean, it was the open race. I mean, it was to win the. This is hey. this is this is also to like win the JV race here. So we were talking <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> about true. you it's guys true. racing <laughs> competition that you have. Those girls, my Michigan team, right there. They were signed up, you know, for the open race and they dominated it. And it was it was awesome. But my favorite part about that finish was so the one girl goes in and kind of out leans her, and the other girl is the classic like, holy shit, <laughs> like I did not see this girl coming. And then she tries <laughs> to do the rebound <laughs> lean. And uh, it was just too late. It was like lean, like, oh, lean. And just she lost it. It was great. Oh, man. Yeah. Classic. Classic, yeah. Race that doesn't doesn't mean anything. Got out with your teammates. I don't know, man. That's that's not that that's a that. I feel like that's gonna tear away at the fabric of your team. You got you can't you can't try to outlean your teammates. But these girls are just, all about winning. That's, that's, that's what I like to I see. They're so. all about so. winning. Oh, like, I would have I would have tried to outlean the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have done the like oh snap and like gonna like pull you back or something. But, <laughs> yeah, but I think you would have done it and then you t- would have turned around and laughed. Yeah, like, these girls just wanted to be each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, any other any other uh, observations from from this weekend of uh, cross country? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, credit to us because that was a pretty damn good recap of this. Uh, you're not going to find that kind of cross country recap anywhere else. Uh, but one guy I did want to point out was um, from I believe he's from Oklahoma State. Is that right, Trent? Yep, that's right. From Oklahoma State. So this guy, Isaiah Rodriguez, he was a, a redshirt freshman last year. And like out of nowhere, nobody was expecting him. Finished third in the country at NCAA Cross Country Championships. Then like ran like one or two races indoor track, disappeared for indoor track, disappeared for outdoor track. Dude's a complete mystery. Nobody knows what happened to him. Then yesterday, for the first time, all cross country season or sorry, this past weekend, all cross country season shows up. Finishes like fourth at pre-nats or third at pre-nats, making a statement again, showing he's back there. I don't know who this kid is. Complete mystery, man. Just not racing track, just showing up when he wants to. But every time this dude steps on a line, he's damn good. He's only a sophomore, only a sophomore. I don't know who this kid is, but he's a beast. Mike, I remember you scouting this kid out last year. And mm-hmm. you kind of like looking at we were, we were we were getting ready for indoor and you were talking about him and like oh this guy is yeah. you know Isaiah you know Rodriguez you know kind of pops whenever he races but he doesn't race that much and he's yeah he's just kind of an enigma so I I reached out to him and talked to him after cross countries and and we kind of had back and forth and I wanted to talk to him during track season so we kind of put it on hold and then he just never raced again so hopefully maybe you know we'll we'll reach out to him again because he's you know he's back on on the face of the planet now. 
I don't know. It sounds like kind of a style that maybe he doesn't want to do any podcasts. He wants to keep kind of yeah, he's just super a mask on his face right now. I like it's, that. I like that. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. race a lot, but when he does, he just kind of he just hammers it. He just has a has a good race. And I've always been the kind of guy who's like track is all right, but I mean cross country is the real sport. So I, I like his style. He's just like I'm just not gonna do track. Call me when it's cross country season. You know what I mean. <laughs> he probably had like a a stress fracture or something. Like I he mean, probably, probably wanted to run track and just couldn't because he was hurt. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like not that big of a mystery. Maybe it was like headline news. <laughs> yeah, right. super ignorant and didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> Freshman phenom sideline with you know. Stress <laughs> yeah. yeah, we missed it. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> guys you know we are in you know with all you know watching cross country this weekend we are in the heart of fall just beautiful running weather it doesn't get any better than this it just kind of brings back like all the feels and all the emotions of being back like out at the you know cross country meets early in the morning so i was just thinking about that earlier today yeah i, I mean i don't know i feel like there's what you're talking about let's see if there's like those emotions but also like the you know the physical things you show up to a cross-country race that everyone everyone can relate to everyone who's done cross-country can relate to there's you know the you know whatever i'm not i'm not trying to get too too graphic here but i mean everybody who's been a cross-country you know we know how it goes you show up to a cross-country rate you're nervous as hell you're waiting for your race it's probably like three four hours till your race goes You've been hydrating nonstop, probably way too much. And uh, all they got is just like a line of porta potties. You got to stand in your damn porta potty line forever. It usually turns into like a battle for a porta potty. There's no real etiquette in a cross country race. It's not like a, you know, a, you know, a well fashioned line. It's just kind of every man for himself. You get to a porta potty when you can, then you get in there and it's like, you know, freezing cold. You're shivering in the porta potty. You probably got your music in. You're probably listening to like your Kanye West pump up music at that time. You're getting getting ready, and everyone they got that like tiny little like two inch by three inch mirror. You're looking at yourself <laughs> like trying to give yourself a pump up speech. Single I mean, I it over like your nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like the most relatable cross country experience. Everyone was at it. If you haven't had it, you're lying. You're absolutely you're missing lying. It. One key detail, though, and that's that there's no toilet paper in the porta potty. So either no you had paper. to remember to bring your own, or then you gotta like kind of walk out and just kind of get in line for another one to try and grab that toilet paper. Yeah, that's a. There's never enough porta potties. I don't understand how hard it is to just get more porta potties for a cross country <laughs> race. So there has never in the history of cross country races been <laughs> enough porta potties. Guys, the the experienced cross country runner always has a roll of toilet paper in their you backpack to, ready to absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that that's a must. That you know, it's it's like, you know, singlet, number, spikes, toilet paper. Those are like <laughs> the three most, you know, important things when you're packing your bag the, the night before. Uh yeah, I, I would we went to go watch our, our brother run cross country uh, a couple weeks ago and, and just being out there and it's just like you know, I walked by like one of the team tents and I just got a hit of like the icy hot, like Ben oh Gay smell. And it's just like, oh, that just that just smells like cross country. Steve, our, our high school coach used to have us like put on the uh, the our lower back because yep. I, I felt like it was at your core. <laughs> made you, but, you know, somewhere around like the the 
halfway point of the race, the sweat's dragging that down to, you know, your 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. your buttocks, and all of a sudden you get icy hot down there. It's not a very good experience for anybody. You're, you're all bad. Your, Listen, your coach used to tell you to put icy hot on yeah, your lower on, back on your lower back. Yeah, no, that is the most <laughs> junk <laughs> science coaching I've ever heard. No, our, our high school cross country coach used to tell us to put, uh, you know, just old school guy, one of the best guys I've ever met in my life. But he used to tell us to put Ben Gay on on our tailbone because it <laughs> numbed it like numbed your like spinal cord and you couldn't feel pain, which is it's the dumbest thing in the world. But uh, yeah, he, he, <laughs> I, got, I got no issue with anybody that subscribes by, by junk science. So uh, good for your coach for making oh, that shit up. Yeah. Uh, Related to that, just like an awful cross-country memory I had, and I don't want to throw names out there, but um, in in high school, we did the old, uh, you know, upperclassmen tell you to, to put icy hot places, you know, when you're the freshman, little hazing on the freshman type of thing. And, uh, so I'd rather have it in my lower back than, than be hazed and put it places. Oh, good. That's maybe the worst memory of my high school cross-country <laughs> career. So you guys talk about the fond memories of the porter potties. I'll tell you the, the awful memories of the icy hot where it shouldn't be. I, I that explains so much. I know why you are the way you are now, Jen. <laughs> Scarring moments. Just used to get my get off the bus, you know, crush my uh, strawberry frosted pop tart, uh, a lemon lime Gatorade. That was like my go-to cross-country meal. No, yeah, just just all all the memories flooding back this time of year. It's the best it, time of year. I love cross-country. It's, it's awesome. Did your high school cross-country coach tell you to eat? Pop tarts too. Before he literally, he actually, one hundred percent did. He told us because <laughs> uh, it was like the perfect amount of sugar and like previous. I can't eat pop tarts anymore because it's my body has become accustomed to eating them before races when I'm like nervous and my stomach is like you know I got butterflies. So every time I eat a pop tart, it like makes my my stomach upset now. And they're like untoasted, so they're like chalky and like yeah, it's gross. They like dry you out. But yeah, he used to he used he to literally toss, did say that. Used to, did bring bring your pop tarts on race day. <laughs> I uh I don't know this guy and I'm sure he was a great coach, but he definitely uh, had some interesting philosophies. <laughs> oh man. Um cool. Well, yeah, so so great, great cross country analysis by the P2E boys that uh glad to be in it, glad to be in cross country season, looking forward to nationals and seeing how the rest of the rest of the season shapes out. Well hopefully we can get more of the NCAA cross country athletes on, but you know, we're definitely gonna be cheering for our guys Ollie Hoare and, and John Dressel um as we kinda get towards the uh championship season. So do I actually drop that after the interview. Okay. All right, boys, this has been another awesome episode. I think this is going to be a, a big one for, for peak too early. Um, but on that, let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? Yeah, so for the bell lap, uh, this past weekend I was at an alumni event at Stonehill College with uh, some of my cross-country boys, past and present. And I just I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, we're starting to gain some traction and things are going great, but – I don't want to forget our roots and a lot of the guys over there at Stonehill College, uh, the cross country team, really some of our first listeners, a lot of support going around at this alumni event. A lot of people talking about the podcast, people loving it, having suggestions and uh, just just looking for more of it. So shout out to those guys and uh, keep listening and just know that we're, you know, we don't forget where we came from. We don't forget our roots and know that you guys were the OG listeners. Absolutely. You know, I mean, they're, they're my, they're my rival, 
but gotta love the uh, the support from the the Stonehill crew. It's it's definitely gotten us off the ground here. Trent, what do you got for people in the Bell app? Mike, it's funny you gave a shout out to the, the OG listeners. I kind of have a shout out to some of our new listeners. I had three separate experiences in this last couple of weeks of, of folks reaching out that were pretty cool, kind of just showing us that we're gaining traction. Um, I went to a, a midnight runners event uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, one of the uh, you know the, the leaders that runs midnight runners, you know, I, I was talking to him and he mentioned he had listened to one of the pods and he like brought up a story that we had talked about. So. For those of you new to the pod, we had a great interview a while back with uh, Gabe Giglione. A little bit different than some of the other interview, interviews we've had with, uh, you know, the the elite runners. He was a super introspective guy, had a lot of cool thoughts on running. So go back, check that one out. Um, shout out to my girlfriend Megan and sharing it with uh, some of the girls in her bachelorette party. I was at a, a wedding, Ooh. and this girl uh, Alana comes up to me. He's like. I love the pod. I've been listening ever since the Bachelorette <laughs> party, so that was pretty sweet. And then, of course, uh, uh, Coach Dan Gordon at Stonehill College, he texted me, and he let me know, and I shared this with you guys already, but he let me know that a recruit had brought up Peak Too Early with him without even knowing that Mike and I were Stonehill alums. So we're getting some cool, like, fun uh, little fan connections there, and it's really great to see the podcast spread like that. So keep telling people. Um, it's, it's really cool for us to hear that people actually – you know, don't don't hate hearing our voices for a few minutes at once a week. Yeah, agree with all that. And on my on my Bell Lap segment, I'm gonna give yet another shout out. I gotta give a shout out to my guy Logan Moses, who reached out to us right. on Instagram. He is the current world record holder in the Miller Light Mile, and he reached out to tell us that he liked the podcast, but he also knows that we're coming for his crown. We're right. coming, we're coming for, that for you, Logan. But I told him that when we make our attempt, we'll let him be there. Because listen, I don't want, I don't want, you know, a, a disputed championship. I want the champion there to compete against us while we're going for, the, we're going for the championship. So we're gonna include him on our attempt for the Miller Lite Mile coming up, hopefully either sometime this winter or spring. We'll, we'll figure it out, but we'll let you, we'll let you know, Logan. Other than that, guys, I wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away Come around and talk it over So many things that I wanna say You know I like my girls a little bit older I just wanna use your love tonight today it's 6 p.m unfortunately we can do 5 p.m or 7 p.m so yeah so 7 p.m would be what 9 p.m to our yeah. time yeah so wait, wait where is he uh he's in portland oregon wouldn't that be 10 oh PM? that would be 10 p.m oh fuck no no because he told me he was in mountain time but i'm just realizing from his stories he's in portland I am weak.
on the table. I love is. Sp- 